It's conference season, and as you guys know, one of my favorite events is Teach Them Diligently. I'm going to be speaking at the beautiful Kalahari Resort in Round Rock, Texas, coming up March 31st through April 2nd. You guys are not going to want to miss this event. The thing that sets Teach Them Diligently apart from all the other homeschool conferences is that they are solely focused on family discipleship. So not only are you going to get awesome information and classes about homeschooling, but you're also going to find out how you can teach and train your children to be followers of Jesus. You guys are not going to want to miss this. Again, I'm going to be in Round Rock, Texas, March 31st through April 2nd. It is coming right up. And then I'll be at Pigeon Forge on May 5th through the 7th. Go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events for more information. Is your child struggling with lying, but you're not sure how to address it from a heart-oriented biblical perspective? Well, you're in for a treat today. I'm glad you're joining me here at the Heidi St. John podcast because my friend Ginger Hubbard is coming back on the show with me today, and we're going to talk about why children lie and what God's Word says about lying. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. It's so great to see you on a Thursday. I know you've got lots of things you could be doing. I appreciate the fact that you spend just a little bit of time with me here five days a week at Off the Bench. Many of you guys have heard, and maybe you haven't checked it out yet, but we have a brand new video format. You can find me on Rumble. You can find me on YouTube. Unfortunately, YouTube keeps taking down my uh, my podcast for all kinds of little infractions. And so if you really want to see it, you're going to have to check it out on Rumble. So far, they haven't taken anything down but time will tell. So I'm glad you guys are joining us. Also, you're going to notice a little bit of a different format as we're trying to stop more midstream and give our sponsors a little bit more airtime. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate very much that you're going to uh, the sponsors who are really helping us uh, keep this program on the air and get it out to so many people. So thank you very much for that. I'm really excited today to have my friend, uh, author and speaker, and just a wonderful person, Ginger Hubbard, back on the show with me today. Yesterday, we talked about whining, and today we're going to tackle what God's Word says about lying and encourage you guys with practical ways to train your children to speak in the truth. Ginger Hubbard, my friend, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Heidi. It's good to be back. I'm glad that you're here. And I love what you're doing. As we as we said yesterday, I love that you are tackling these issues. These are very, very basic issues. But you know what? We got to get back to basics right now. Uh, the church has really sort of fallen down on the job. You know, I think it was, I don't know, probably 30 years ago uh, when Growing Kids God's Way came out. You probably remember mm-hmm. that. And uh, I'm pretty sure I've had conversations with you about that. I really was frustrated by a lot of what Growing Kids God's Way did because it felt so, um, it, it felt like it was this formula. If you'll just do A, B, C, and D, then your kids will, whoa, your kids will turn out like this. Well, parents leaned in so hard to what they thought was this formula for success that we we leaned into legalism. We, we were comparing our kids to other people's children. I ended up thinking that while there were lots of good things in Growing Kids God's Way, it ended up doing more harm than good. But you can't go wrong by just leaning into the Word of God and saying, Lord, what do you say about raising children? And that is what I love so much about what you're doing. And uh, I just, I I wanted to just throw that out there because the parenting topics can be so um, divisive right now. It's amazing to me, but God's Word doesn't change. And so I appreciate the fact that you consistently take 
uh, parents back to the Word of God. And that's what I always want to do, because it, any plan that I come up with, it, it's not going to do any good. You know, the Word of God is God's holy instruction manual to parents. So we don't need to look any further than the infallible Word of God. I once heard Roy Lesson compare uh, God's... Um, truths for parents and in his is a like an instruction manual for parents he compared it to an owner's manual for a new appliance i love that illustration because you know we think about it when you buy a new appliance the manufacturer provides you with an instruction manual tells you how to use the appliance and how to keep it in the best working order and when something goes wrong uh, the customer is encouraged to contact the manufacturer for repairs and it's the same with families the family was yeah. God's idea. He brought it into being. And in the Bible, he has given us instructions for how it operates best. And when we have problems training our kids, he's also given us open communication with him. And he encourages us to contact him. <laughs> and he says that when we do, I think it's James 1, five. he says that when we ask him for wisdom, he promises that he'll give it to us. So he really provides mm-hmm. us with everything we need for life and godliness. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And and I, I like I just like this going, you know, just just returning to the basics of, hey, you know, your creator actually has given you a manual for life. I love that. Let's jump into this topic about uh, lying because it's such a big deal. You know, I have said many, many times on the show here that we are living in an, inc- in an incredible age of deception. We are surrounded by lies. And we're having a hard time breaking through the lies. We're helping. We're having a hard time helping our children. I think in many cases, um, use discernment. I did a whole podcast series on this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, on discernment and the need for being able to cut through, really, what are just all the voices in the culture right now. And as parents, we're having a similar situation. I think many of uh, many parents with young children, especially, just seeing, oh my goodness, my children has an issue with this, and. I do too. Mm-hmm. So why is this such a temp- the Bible addresses this? Why is this such a temptation lying uh, for children and for adults? In other words, uh, what is at the heart? of lying. Well, hopefully, Heidi, none of us lie on a daily basis, but I think if we're honest, we've all had our moments of exaggerating details in our favor or twisting the truth to make ourselves look good or maybe conveniently leaving out certain facts to protect our guilt. Or how about those times when we slightly embellish our stories just to make them sound a little bit better or to make ourselves look better? So why do we do those things? Why do we lie? Well, I think if we really think about it and we really evaluate what is at the heart of lying, we'll conclude that most of the time lying derives from the love and preservation of self. And our children are no different. They're just smaller versions of us. And like us, they'll sometimes even resort to denying the obvious to save face and avoid consequences. But what's even worse than lying being motivated by a love and preservation of self is that lying expresses a lack of trust that God is in control. Because no matter how you slice it, lying is always, always an attempt to bring about the response or outcome that we prefer, the response or outcome that suits our own interest. And that's a problem. Because when we try to alter a natural response or outcome by lying, what we're doing there is we're placing ourselves in a position of control rather than trusting God. That's so true. And I think most of us, if we look back to when we felt like we, we had to tell an, an, a half-truth even, it really is that self-preservation is almost always at the, at the heart of it. You've come up with three methods that parents should avoid when they're dealing with a lying child. Uh, why, what are those methods and why should parents avoid them? Well, the first one in reg- is, is in regards to punishment. We don't want to just punish a child for lying. Uh, now, 
while consequences are certainly a part of training children not to lie, to just merely punish a lying child, that can actually wind up doing more harm than good. Because what we view as I'm punishing you because you lied, the child views as you're punishing me because you found out the truth. And then they just become better at lying. Right. Another dangerous response to lying is anger, which is going to cause the child to fear admitting that he lied because of your response and dig his heels in even deeper trying to cover the lie. You hear about one lie having to cover for another and it's just a snowball effect. Also, when we respond in anger, uh, according to the Bible, that's going to stir anger in our children. Proverbs 15, 1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The third method parents want to avoid when dealing with a lying child is putting labels on them. In other Mm -hmm. words, if we're absolutely certain the child has lied, it's better to address the fact that he lied rather than calling him a liar. If we call him a liar, we're labeling him a liar rather than encouraging him to live in the forgiveness and atonement of Christ. And that's our goal. So when our children lie, rather than just administering consequences or reacting in anger or calling them liars, it's best to calmly address what God's word says about lying and the relational consequences of lying. And I think it's wise to even uh, maybe share about a time when we ourselves told a lie and what the results were and why it would have been so much better to have been truthful. And then, we always want to encourage them in a total dependency on Jesus, who is our only hope for redemption and change. So I think it's important Mm -hmm. that we understand that it's a self-controlled, transparent, and gospel-oriented response to a lying child that's going to pave the way for more honest communication. Well, and you're you're talking about that... um that relationship that we have with God. And we know as adults, we know that lying is a sin and it hurts our relationship with the Lord. But how do we communicate that to our children in a way that helps them see the bigger picture of why they want to avoid uh, getting caught in the trap of telling a lie? Well, first we can tell them about Proverbs chapter six, which talks about the seven things that God hates. One of which, according to verse 17, is a lying tongue. So we know from that verse that Lying does not please God. We also need to help them understand that while following and pleasing our Heavenly Father are certainly reasons enough to speak truth, there are also relational consequences when they choose to lie. The foundation of the family relationship is built on trust. And when that trust is violated, the foundation of that relationship is going to crumble. Honesty is the glue that holds a family together, which is why Paul advises in Colossians 3, 9, do not lie to each other. God desires to transform us into his likeness, and he desires for families to remain faithful and united to one another. That's why he reiterates the importance uh, so much in Scripture about uh, of being truthful. So if you want to help your child understand these truths, you might consider asking very simple heart-probing questions, something like, sweetheart, God is the father of truth. So do you think lying honors or dishonors God? And we talked about this yesterday, Heidi, if he doesn't answer, don't get into a power struggle. Just go ahead and answer for him. Next, it's important to explain how lying damages family relationships. And so for that, for a young child, you might say something along the lines of, uh, honey, not only does God hate a lying tongue because that dishonors him, but family relationships are built on trust. So when you lie, trust in that relationship is broken. Sweetie, it's so important that we keep trust in our relationship and that we honor God by being truthful. Hmm. 
It's so good. Uh, and I know that there are a lot of parents right now who are like, oh, my goodness, you know, this is an issue with my child. And uh, they're going to start to to uh, wanting to put these things into practice for themselves. We're going to take a quick ad break and come back. And when we do, uh, I'm going to be asking Ginger to give us some practical examples of what it might look like to help a child identify a lie and then correct it. We'll be right back. Do you know 37% of Americans cannot name a single freedom out of the First Amendment and 74% cannot name the three branches of government? No wonder we are experiencing tyranny in America at levels many of us never thought we would see in our lifetime. Well, my friends at Patriot Academy recognize that an educated citizenry is absolutely essential for our survival as a free people. This is why their mission is to inspire patriotism, equip citizens, and educate a nation to live out their freedoms. They also know that freedom is not a boring subject, especially when comedian Brad Stein, God's comic, is in the mix. Well, starting April 11th, Brad Stein, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and America's Constitution coach Rick Green We'll be bringing the Comedy and Constitution Tour to cities across Texas. Join them for one-of-a-kind edutainment that's going to educate, entertain, equip, and inspire your family to accept, protect, and purposefully pass on the torch of freedom. Learn more at patriotacademy.com forward slash Texas tour. Welcome back, you guys. So parents really love practical examples. Uh, And Ginger, I know that you've got a plethora of these because I've heard you out on the circuit talking about it. It's one of the reasons I think people really enjoy listening to you because you're able to take uh, these ideas from Scripture and really flesh them out in practical ways. So can you give us an example of a child, uh, let's say, just telling a specific lie and then teach us how a parent might address it from a heart-oriented perspective? Sure. And I'm going to go very personal here. I'm going to tell you a time about a time when my daughter Alex was called Red handed in a lie. And just for the record, she does give me permission to share this story. I always get my kids permission, but they're adults. Somehow they think it makes them famous when I tell these stories on them. So I'm like, okay, if that's the fame you want. Uh, no, actually, I'm very thankful. Without my kids, I would have no material. So, uh, but when Alex was little, one of her favorite things to do was play dress up and pretend. And not just dressing up herself, she also loved to dress up Mickey, who was our 10-pound Yorkie, who surprisingly, for such a high-strung little dog, he was always happy to oblige. So I always allowed her to dress up him and pretend with him as well. But there was one thing that Alex knew that she was not allowed to do, and that was to get into my makeup bag because she always made a disastrous mess when she got into my makeup bag. So not allowed to get in the makeup bag. So when Mickey, our little Yorkie, came prancing into the kitchen with lipstick on one afternoon, it wasn't hard to figure (laughs) out who was behind it. So I asked Alex, you know, how it was that Mickey came to have rosewood lips when she was not allowed to be playing in my makeup bag. And she very quickly answered, Doug did it. Okay, so let me tell you about Doug. Doug is a three inch tall caped action figure that came in a kid's meal. So no question, Alex was lying. But because she did like to pretend and because I was really wanting to give her the benefit of the doubt, uh, I made a suggestion based on my suspicion. I said, Alex, um, maybe did you help Doug get the lipstick out of my bag and help Doug put the lipstick on Mickey? Well, Heidi, either she was smart enough to know uh, even then that even being Doug's assistant would still land her in a whole lot of trouble. Um, so, So she says, nope, Doug did it all by himself. 
And then she, oh, no. oh yeah, oh oh, she went, Heidi. She, you wouldn't believe how far this child went. She goes on and on and on about how she tried to encourage Doug to do the right thing. She said, "Mom, I told Doug he wasn't allowed to be in your makeup bag, and I told him that he really needed to obey you because I didn't want him to get in trouble, but he just wouldn't listen to me." I mean, I know. And on and on and on she went. So I wound up doing something that rarely works with small children. I tried to reason with her. I said, ah. yep. I said, Alex, she's probably like, you know, four. And I said, Alex, Doug did not do it. Doug is not capable of going into my makeup bag all by himself, getting out my lipstick and putting it on the dog. Well, <laughs> Either Alex had clearly thought through in advance how she was going to escape consequences should she get caught, or this four-year-old is just this good off the cuff (laughs) because she very quickly said, oh, yes, Doug could do it by himself because I put batteries in him. (laughs) I mean, can you even? I mean, she is like four years old. So Alex is caught red-handed telling a lie, and I did call her out on it, and I disciplined her for it. But, Heidi, I didn't want to discourage her by labeling her a liar. I wanted to keep her focus on who she is in Christ. So I said, Alex... You told a lie, but you are not a liar. That is not who you are. You are a forgiven child of God. And because of his grace, you can walk in truth. And then after we dealt with it, she had a clean slate of forgiveness and it was over. The matter was dropped. Her burden was lifted and her heart was so much lighter. Grace was shown in me addressing it, dealing with it, and then letting it go and not holding it over her head. Mm, it's so important. And it, and I think sometimes, if, I love that you said that, that her heart was lighter. Uh, that is absolutely what happens mm-hmm. when we are faithful to follow through and discipline our children and we, and we offer them forgiveness. And you can see it in the way that they conduct themselves. And I think that's true in our personal lives too, right? When we, when we tell the truth, when we confess our sin, the Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it lifts the burden off of us. Uh, because sin is a pretty heavy, it's a heavy thing to uh, to carry around. What about, let, I want to uh, uh, pivot for just a second. So what you, the story you just told about Alex, that was a pretty, that's a pretty black and white area, right? I mean, she obviously was lying and you were able to demonstrate that clearly. But what happens when a parent thinks that their child is lying, but they're not 100% certain? And I've been in this situation many, many times with seven children over the years. What do you say to that parent uh, who's thinking, I just don't know. This is kind of a gray area. Yeah, I've been there too. If you're not 100% certain as to whether or not your child is lying, I very much encourage you to err on the side of mercy. Sir William Blackstone coined the saying, better that 10 guilty people escape than one innocent suffer. To be Mm. accused of lying when, in fact, the child is telling the truth, that could be devastating for our kids. And the last thing that we want to do as parents is to make them feel that we have this ongoing, suspicious expectation of them lying, because that's going to discourage them from walking in truth. So if your gut is telling you that your child is lying, but you're not 100% certain, just pray that God would bring it to light so that you might have that opportunity to point him to the atonement of Christ. And don't stress out over the possibility that your child has gotten away with a lie because of your uncertainty. If your child is really struggling with lying, he's going to lie again. He's going to come. He's going to do it again. That's right. And then it's going to be a situation where you are certain, and then that's going to give you the opportunity to train them in truth. Mm, I love that. Uh, You've got an awesome book series uh, out called Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely. And this one, uh, this particular book 
is on the topic of lying. So tell listeners how this book is going to help their kids learn the importance of being truthful. Okay. The children's book about lying is called Chloe in the Closet of Secrets. And in the story, for every lie Chloe tells, this crazy little fluff appears. And Chloe tries to hide her secrets by stuffing all of these fluffs into her closet. And it's not until the closet is so full that it's ready to burst that Chloe realizes that her lies are hurting her relationships. And then later in the story, God uses Chloe's dad confessing his own lie and asking for forgiveness to encourage Chloe to do the same. And so the responses that I'm getting are are children are loving the silly story and the bright, fun illustrations. And the whole story is centered around encouraging children to always tell the truth. And one thing about both of the books in the series, Chloe in the Closet of Secret and Sam in the Sticky Situation, which is a book about whining, is in both of these books, um, I have a parent page at the end of both books that offers guidance for helping children understand these issues. Like for, for this book, it's help them understand what a lie is and just the powerful grace of God when they confess and seek his forgiveness and help. I love that. And you touched on this briefly, but I want to just, uh, in the last minute or so that we have left, you you uh, touch on the fact that Chloe's dad ends up having to confess his own lie, right? And And I love that. How important is it, Ginger, for parents to be open and transparent with their children about their own struggles? It is so important for kids to know that their parents are sinners in need of a Savior just like they are. When we admit our own struggles, of course, at an age-appropriate level, and let our children witness us seeking Jesus for help for those struggles— it encourages our children to do the same. We want to model mm-hmm. for our kids what a relationship with Jesus looks like. We want to model for our kids what the conviction of the Holy Spirit looks like and how we are to rightly respond to that conviction with repentance. Mm, it's so good. And we're learning. Like, you know, I, I, I always tell parents, you know, you want to find out how completely uh, short-tempered you can be, uh, become a mother. You want to find out how totally selfish you are, raise children. You're going to find it really quick. You want to up the ante, homeschool them, right? <laughs> yep. uh, because we're learning about ourselves as we are raising our children. In fact, I was just um, talking to one of my uh, my older daughters on my way into the studio this morning, and we were kind of recounting some of the things that happened when they were little. And I told Savannah that I felt like in a lot of ways, um, my raising children helped me heal from a lot of things that had happened to me in my childhood, you know, because I was starting to see things in my own life that I didn't want to pass on to my children. And um, God is doing a work in our hearts as we parent our children. And it's a transforming work because he's in the work of transforming people. And it's one of the reasons I love you so much, Ginger, is you're, you're, uh, you're kind of a no-nonsense mom. Like, this is what it is. This is what the Bible says. And there really is uh, hope and there really is healing in it. And uh, I think it's, it really is a pathway as we talk about parenting, not a formula, but a pathway to success in parenting and to see our children have the best shot possible at living the adult life that God wants them to live. So parents have a huge responsibility in the lives of their children. And uh, I just so love what you're doing. How can parents uh, and listeners get in touch with you? What's the best way for listeners to reach you? Well, my website is gingerhubbard.com, and that's a great place to connect with me. And, of course, all of my books and resources are available there. I'm also on Instagram at ginger.hubbard, where where I offer daily encouragement and parenting tips. 
And But my favorite way to connect with folks is through our podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. It's a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behavior, address the issues of the heart, and point their children to that transformational power of Christ that you and I talked about here, Heidi. And from a practical standpoint, because I know moms like practical stuff, we are super passionate on our podcast about helping uh, parents move past those frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues Um, like what we've talked about today, lying and yesterday, whining and disobedience and defiance and a slew of other things that they struggle with. We want to help parents move into that confident, biblical and heart oriented approach to raising their children. Mm, I love it. I love it. And I love you. Thank you so much, Ginger, for the way that you are helping parents with just the practice. You're like you're you're turning into sort of like America's mom, you know, like, (laughs) you know, sit down and talk to Ginger. Ginger's going to help you with your stuff today. Ginger Hubbard, it's just a delight to have you. I hope you'll come back soon. I wish you the very best of success with these books. I hope that parents and grandparents will rush out and buy them. Uh, I know I love them. I immediately gave them to my grandkids, and Savannah loves it too, working with her kids. Uh, Jesus told parables, as we talked about yesterday, and stories are wonderful, wonderful tools to teach children and train them in righteousness. So I appreciate what you're doing, and I hope to come back again soon. Thank you, Heidi. For more information on Ginger Hubbard and her ministry to parents, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down. And I will link back to all things Ginger Hubbard in the show notes today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate your continued support of the sponsors of this show. If you've got information about where I will be speaking, my speaking season's coming up. I will be with Ginger at Teach Them Diligently in Pigeon Forge and several other places around the country. And you guys can find out more about where I will be at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.